Have you ever had a project at home or at work that you needed to do, but you kept avoiding it because you kept thinking about how unpleasant it was going to be? Today, we want to talk about something that we Christians too often avoid doing, but is actually a necessary part of having a healthy uh body life, when I say that I mean body of Christ, healthy relationships, healthy healthy interactions, and also um, it's just a necessity because we we live in a fallen world and you know we're gonna we're gonna have clashes with people and, and all that. So stay tuned and we will talk about that today. You are listening to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. And I am your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer. Welcome. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas holiday. And now we are turning the corner and I'm wanting to finish up a series that uh, I began in October. We kind of took a little bit of a detour with Christmas and all of that. And so now I want to do the final installment in this series entitled Sneaky Fears. And today we want to talk about the sneaky fear of confrontation. (laughs) Some of you would rather have a root canal than confront. Am I right? I don't particularly care for that myself. But I want to encourage you to think about confrontation not as a negative thing. And I don't think confrontation ever needs to be a pleasant thing. Because usually if we're happy about confronting someone, we may not be doing it in the spirit that we're supposed to be doing it in, you know, with gentleness and respect and all of that. But I want to encourage you to see confrontation like a fence that has a hole in it or like a wooden fence that's missing some planks. And that void that that missing plank Uh, creates or that hole in that chain link fence allows things to come in that ought not come in. And so confrontation is actually repairing that hole in order to keep unpleasant and unwanted things from creeping in. So before I proceed with that, let's talk about a few cues that may indicate that you have a sneaky fear of confrontation. Perhaps you engage in passive aggressive um, behavior instead of facing the issue head on and going directly to the person who has offended you or the person who, who needs to be corrected or to be made aware of something that they've are doing that they ought not do, something that they need to be redirected in or just to be, you know, uh, informed that they need to stop whatever that behavior is. And so instead of doing that uh, head on, face to face, you know, in an appropriate time and, and, and way, we we say little side things, you know, we 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 make little little comments or we we just do something that will frustrate them instead of 
dealing with the problem head on. Maybe you have the sneaky fear of confrontation if you tend to gossip about the person, go behind their back and talk to other people about the issue instead of coming directly to them. Um, and if you have engaged in that activity, you probably have realized that that never fixes the problem. That would be like with your with our fence analogy going and painting <laughs> painting the fence painting the broken uh uh piece of plank or planks instead of nailing them in place where they need to be instead of doing the repairing we just we do we do something else instead we 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 go and we put nails in parts of the fence that don't need repairing instead of dealing with that particular spot that needs work. You also may suffer from the sneaky fear of confrontation. If you suffer in silence, you just stuff it. You you allow offenses to pile up and you you just internalize. You you do too much of the taking one for the team thing. Now, there is a time, you know, to, to let things go, let things slide. There is a time uh, when, you know, we don't have to be nitpicky about every little thing. But sometimes there's a sore spot that genuinely needs to be addressed. And rather than uh, face the discomfort of the confrontation, we suffer in silence. We just bite our tongue. We grin and bear it. Or sometimes we just do all the work ourselves instead of saying to the person who needs to be helping us, you know, hey, I need I need your help or 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 whatever needs to be done. We just take on we we absorb the the emotional cost of not confronting. Sometimes we just avoid altogether. We just pretend that it's not an issue. Friend, I think that we need to defang confrontation by looking at, looking at it again as something that is helpful and needful and healthy. I think one of the reasons why we avoid confrontation is because we don't know how that other person is going to respond to us. We don't know if they're going to explode. We don't know if they're going to lie. We don't know if they're going to deny. We don't know how they are going to respond. And so we avoid confrontation. Or sometimes we just assume that it won't do any good. And so we just don't confront. So let me let me repeat something that I've said in, in past episodes where we kind of brushed against this, this particular uh, area of boundaries is that one of them is that you are not responsible for how the other person responds to confrontation. However, you do have a responsibility to approach the person, the confrontee, if you will, in a particular way. Um, the Bible talks about gentleness 
and respect. If we go in with both barrels accusing the other person of and, and assuming that we know what their motivation is, if someone approached you like that, you would get defensive too, right? So approach the other person in a way that you would want to be approached. Because you know what? All of us step over the line sometimes. All of us, you know, it's oftentimes unintentionally. We're doing something that rubs the other person the wrong way or or that creates more work for the other person and all of that. And so we wouldn't want to be jerked up by our collar and yelled at and spat at and accused, would we? So let's not, let's determine, let's purpose not to do that either. Let's approach a person giving them the benefit of the doubt. And you know what? When we're, when we're angry and when we're frustrated, sometimes the hardest thing to control is our tone. And so you need the spirit of God to help you make, to, to help you do this, this task. And that's what conf- confrontation is. It's a task. You need God to give you an, an, an even temper, a calm tone, uh, an, an, uh, an unabrasive demeanor. Those are fruits of the spirit, my friend. Gentleness, self-control, love. So the good news is that you don't have to conjure up those things. You have the spirit of God living inside of you. If you do have the spirit of God living inside of you, if you have surrendered yourself to Jesus Christ for salvation, then you automatically have an installation. You have a storehouse of gentleness and self-control and meekness in you. And so prayer is an essential part of that. Well, you say, Lord, help me to come to this person at the right time. Don't come to them when they're tired, uh, when you're tired, when they're hungry, you know, when they're under a lot of stress, you know, don't corner them. Just use the do unto others as you would have them do unto you rule of thumb. And then ask God for the right time. He will do it, my friend. He will give he will he will prompt you in your spirit and say, you know what? This is okay. This is the time. To approach that, go. And so you open your mouth and you begin praying the whole time in your mind and you begin talking about that, whatever that issue is. Um, also, I want to encourage you when you are uh, confront- confronting someone that you, um, you not use accusatory terms, but you speak more in terms of how you feel. You know, when you did this, that made me feel that way. You know, instead of saying you did this and you knew that you were doing you know, all that. No, 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 no. None of us are mind readers. We can take cues. Yes, we can. But sometimes we make assumptions that the other person is out to get us, that they are intentionally trying to do that to us, that they don't like us. And those things may very well be true. However, it's not your place to say those things because you are not omniscient. You don't know everybody's thought. And so you automatically hand them a defense when you assume 
that they did that on purpose and all of that. You, your, your, the purpose of confrontation is to inform the other person that they have, you know, fill in the blank, you know, hurt your feelings or whatever. Okay. And then keep in mind that sometimes, okay, let me back up a little bit. I'm thinking of Galatians chapter six, verses one and two. I'm reading the New Living Translation. It says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So that, I mean, there's so much in those two verses, but I hope that you will see confrontation. We've done the fence analogy, but also as a person, like a sheep, who has gotten themselves entangled in something and they, they can't get out. Your job is not to go to the sheep and say, you stupid sheep, who told you to come over? I thought I told you. No, you come over and you help them. Sometimes a person does what they're doing because their thinking is wrong because they perhaps have made some assumptions. And so when you go to a person and you approach them, you're helping them untangle what's what they're entangled in. Now I realize that this particular verse is talking about a person who's overtaken by some 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 sin, but sometimes it's a sometimes it's a sin and sometimes it's just a it's a it's a it's a skewed way of thinking. It's it's an, a wrong assumption. Again, giving a person the benefit of the doubt and approaching them as if they may not be aware of what they're doing. And in the spirit of helping them know how not to offend you and helping them to know how their actions were perceived by you is helping them, not jerking them up by the collar. There also is um, a passage in Ephesians. I just really encourage you. Um, just because of the length of this podcast, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But um, Ephesians chapter four, um, those first few verses talk about, you know, the body of Christ and, and how we are to be completely humble and patient and bearing with one another. And, and it talks about unity and it talks about maturity and those kinds of things. Keep in mind, especially when you're when you're dealing with a fellow believer, a fellow, a fellow follower of Christ, that you guys are members of one another. Even if you work in an environment, if you work in an employment in a setting or whatever, if they are a Christian, they are your brother and sister in Christ. And so we want to to approach them as such. And keep in mind that people are at different levels of, of, of maturity. OK, sometimes I think we. We mistakenly assume or or expect someone who has not been in the faith as long as we are or walk with the Lord as long as we have to act as though they have. I encourage you to remember that you haven't always been where you are now. 
whatever level of maturity you're at is something you attained over time. And so we have to, uh, in, in, in the, in the fruit of the spirit, excuse me, in the fruit of the spirit of patience, uh, allow people and be forbearing with people while they are learning and growing. But, uh, Ephesians four, uh, it talks about a uh, verse two. It says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So peace is, is an important, important part. Then it talks about, um, in verse, let's see. Yeah, the culmination is in verse 13. It says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we're wanting to remember that all of us are on a journey and that confrontation is a mending of offense of helping us to keep out bitterness, anger, uh, rage, uh, suffering, like we talked about suffering in silence. If you are suffering in silence, my friend, oftentimes you are, you are being debilitated. You are allowing yourself to be debilitated so that you are not at your fullest and your best to fulfill God's purpose for your life. That puts a whole new spin on it, doesn't it? If you are, if you are limping around in unforgiveness and bitterness and anger, because you've not dealt with the offense or or the infraction properly, then you you're wounding yourself. A person cannot correct what you don't let them know is wrong. And again, I know that takes courage. I know that's uncomfortable, especially for those of you who have a very gentle spirit, you know, and and perhaps you you struggle with with fear of rejection. Sorry about that little um. Uh, interruption there. Um, but, you know, you struggle with the fear of rejection. Um, all of those things, I'm telling you, confrontation will help you with that. Because if you are afraid to confront someone because you're afraid of rejection from them, then there's insecurity on your part. I mean, nobody likes rejection, okay? Can we just be honest? Nobody likes rejection. But you know what? Whenever you, whenever you confront someone, you do risk that. But again, you don't have any control over how the other person responds. But you are responsible for how you respond to their response. And also you're responsible for, for, for how you confront. Control what you can control and leave the rest to God. I know that sounds so simple. It's not easy to do, but you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. So the sneaky fear of confrontation can lurk in any heart, but God can give us courage. Let me just say one last thing. Sometimes confrontation is best done with a third party. Um, Sometimes a mediation is needed where you have a uh what do you call it impartial third party you know who can come in and listen to both sides 
and then offer insight, you know, because sometimes when we are confronting, we can discover that we were actually the ones who were in the wrong, which is, again, why you need to come to someone in a spirit of humility, because if you're wrong, you know, if you got to eat crow, you want to at least make sure it's, it's, you can wash it down with some humility. Um, And sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. I I conduct mediations uh, uh, on, on not a regular basis, but from time to time. And oftentimes what I found is that there were just assumptions made. Someone's actions were misread and, you know, and it was just based on whatever their, their, their triggers were or their history or experience or their own insecurities and things like that. Sometimes it's just that. And sometimes the air just needs to be cleared. And so mediation can oftentimes be a very helpful thing. I encourage you to, Get someone that you trust, someone who um, will be impartial. Um, yeah, just just exercise some wisdom with with all of that. But but God is a God of peace. He's a God of reconciliation. He has called us to be ministers of reconciliation. And so confrontation is just uh, a, a part of life. And uh, God has some some things that he, he tells us. Uh, to do regarding that gentleness and respect, to think before we speak, um, those kinds of things. So I hope that this has been a help to you, my friend. I know this is an uncomfortable topic, but it doesn't have to be the gut-wrenching thing that oftentimes we fear that it is. And as the person who does the confronting, we can, we can, we can rest assured that God will be pleased when we confront in the right way and that ultimately we don't ever need to depend upon somebody else to give us our identity. So they may blackball us. They may, they may decide to write us off. They may, you know, but you know what? That's on them. Scripture says as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men. And so you can determine by the spirit of God that however they respond, you are going to treat them the way Jesus would. Um, you know, and also keep in mind that, that when you're confronting, uh, someone who is outside the faith, someone who is not a believer, you know, they just got, they're just working with the flesh and they don't have any spirit uh, in them. They don't have a spirit of gentleness. They don't have the Holy spirit of God living inside of them. And so if you approach them just with dignity, you know, that recognizes them as a creation of God and someone who is worthy of, of being approached in a respectful manner, you know, that can be a witness for Christ. That can be, you know, especially if you have had favor and rapport with them in, in the past, you know, and if you have, you have earned the respect to confront, then, you know, you can, you can actually win a brother or sister in Christ through that encounter. You know, if not in that very moment, over time, you can. So it can be, it can be an opportunity. But um, I just want to thank you so very much for giving me these moments. Um, I am excited about the new year and what God would have me share with you all. I want to remind you that my book, my new book. um, Oh, I just had a moment. (laughs) What's the name of my new book? It's called Think on These Things. Yes, 90 Encouraging 
uh, meditations for, for spiritual growth. People sometimes run from the idea of spiritual growth. My friend, oh, my friend, don't run from that. Run to it. Because oftentimes many of the things that we're asking God for are on the other side of that growth that we're asking him for on the other side of that growth that sometimes we're running from. So I hope that you will get a copy of my new book. It's available on Amazon. Type in my name, Dr. Georgia Pointer, or uh, think on these things and order a copy today. Uh, The new year is approaching. What better time to get a copy of that and to start the year off right and also to encourage someone else um, that you know and love to to grow. The book is full of very practical um, things to think on, of course, biblical things and just some uh, personal stories and 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 antidotes and things like that, that I think would really be an encouragement to you in your journey to become more like Christ. So please, someone, if there's someone you love that you want to encourage um, this year or in the coming year to grow, to become more like Christ, I encourage you to get a copy today. God bless you, my friend, and we'll see you next time. Bye.